FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and online at WGNSRadio.com. This is the WGNS Action Line, talking with Rutherford County newsmakers about what matters most to you. Now your host, Bart Walker. Well, good morning to you. Welcome in to the Action Line from WGNS. And we have with us our new Rutherford County Mayor, Joe Carr. Joe, good morning to you. How's everything going with you? Good morning, Bart. It goes well. And um, I'm the newly elect mayor of Rutherford County. Tomorrow is when I take officially take office. You will be official tomorrow. I, we were sworn in yesterday evening. It's from 6 to 7 o'clock at the courthouse. Myself, along with the constitutional officers, county commission members, and the road board. And then we officially take office, accept our duties for office on September 1. As you look toward tomorrow, are there some things, some goals that you have in mind that you'd like to see the county accomplish? Well, certainly. And I think um, the three things that are most prevalent on many, many minds in Rutherford County, obviously, is the resolution to the Middle Point landfill and what is Rutherford County going to do about not just its waste stream, but the uh, waste stream that we receive from outside the county, which constitutes 70% or more of the waste deposited at Middle Point landfill. So that's the most immediate crisis or immediate problem, uh, but it certainly um, isn't the only problem. I mean, we've also got the um, issues related to unrestrained growth, and so I'm going to move there. There we go. That's, sure. a, well, that's just, a little better. Push, you know, <laughs> push it all the way down. That's, <laughs> there, got a, there got we a go. Microphone in between. Yeah, the radio listeners can't tell, but there's a micro, micro, uh, a microphone wand in my way. So anyway, um, so we have that, and then obviously, that that growth it goes to uh, what are we going to do with uh, educating our children um, because. I think we need to understand, and I think a lot of people do, but Rutherford County is a destination point for a lot of people around the country. Um, it's no longer a secret that we have uh, good jobs, we have really good education, we have a great community. Um, this community um, are, really is the good neighbor community, uh, right? And Absolutely. It really is. And you and I have been here pretty much all our lives, and we kind of take that for granted, I think, sometimes. But I want to share a real quick story. So I live out in La between Las Casas and Milton on Overall Road. It's a rural part of the county. Uh, my wife and family and I, we have 95 acres out there. But like every other part of the county, you know, if you can scratch out some dirt, somebody's going to try to build a new home. And so there are a couple of new homes built at the end of Overall Road. And one of the homes uh, that recently sold was to a couple from Chicago, Illinois. And literally, they've been here less than a year. So as they were moving in, I stopped by to say hello and welcome to our little community there in Las Casas, especially the overall road community. And I, in the course of that conversation, I asked Andy and Connie. Um, they were in their 50s. They came from Chicago. I said, how did you end up in Rutherford County, Middle Tennessee, or even Tennessee for that matter? And the story they, sh they told was, we have been doing our research for over a year. We knew we were going to move out of Illinois because Illinois no longer represented our values of who we were and how we wanted to live our lives. And we value um, 
low taxes. We value um, the Second Amendment. We value our religious freedom and liberty. We want uh, a community that uh, is neighborly, that has low taxes. And so they researched for a year and literally started say, okay, we want to go to Tennessee. Then they decided, well, we want to go to Middle Tennessee. And then they said, they initially were going to go to Wilson County toward the Mount Juliet, but then they, because of some political considerations, <laughs> they decided on Rutherford County, and then they decided on Las Casas. So they did a lot of research, and I suspect, Bart, the point I'm making here is I suspect that a lot of people are doing that. And so we're getting a lot of people who want to move here and live in a, because they share our values. That that good neighbor um, idea is out there. So we and, have people moving in with similar yes, backgrounds, similar ideas. Yes, and so we're now experiencing year over year three percent up to three percent growth. And so our our the estimate of our population right now is three hundred sixty-two thousand. We will our population will be greater than Hamilton County, which is Chattanooga, before the end of next year. Before the Before end of the, next, if, for the if, whole county. For the whole county. Uh, yeah, we're just like ten or 15,000 people behind Hamilton County, and that was a year ago. And we're growing at 3%. They're growing at less than 1% year over year. And so while that's something to be proud of, that creates tremendous stress points on our services and these kinds of things. And one of those is the school, the landfill, the roads, you know, first responders, which is fire, EMS, and police, these kinds of things. So we have our challenges, but the opportunities, I can't emphasize this enough, the opportunities we have are absolutely tremendous, and I'm excited. Let me ask you this, because this came up during this past year, uh, and that was the thought of bringing into the area, teaming with Middle Tennessee State University and the criminal science department there, and having uh, sort of a forensic science program, not only for the university, but one that the county could benefit from with the additional coroner uh, drawers to keep deceased people in. Uh, We only have, seems like we had four, or a very small number in the total county. Yes, and and it's interesting, I've talked to that department about the need for our own forensics facility, uh, our own morgue, our own ability to do autopsies here at a, at, a, at a greater burden level. As a matter of fact, I think what there may be the opportunity, and I haven't had an opportunity to dig into this just yet, but it's something that I absolutely want to do, is that Middle Tennessee, specifically Rutherford County, in partnering with Middle Tennessee State University, could potentially be a regional site for other surrounding counties for us to provide those services. So there might be some grants available from the state to offset some of the local costs and putting together a facility like that. But there's no doubt that there is a demand for those kind of services because right now most of what we do in that regard is in Davidson County. Well, so it is for a number of other surrounding counties. And so there might be some opportunities for us to leverage not only our growth, but also 
our geographical location and in order to provide those services, not just to Rutherford County, but to Coffee County, Cannon County, Bedford County, Warren County, those kinds of things. So it's something we are very serious and looking at. I have to tell you, I haven't had an opportunity to do it yet because I just got sworn in <laughs> last <laughs> night. So it is, it is on my list of things to do. And yes, I am aware of the issue that came up during the campaign. Now, let me ask you this, because you mentioned one of the number one areas was the Middle Point landfill. Yes, sir. I guess it was a day, two days ago. Uh, th- this is something we don't normally think about, but there are a lot of parts that go into uh, creating some challenges on that issue. A garbage truck overturned right. on uh, the, over on the, uh, the highway to Lebanon. Mm-hmm. Lebanon Highway, that's right. Uh, and, two days ago, I believe. And it uh, left a lot of debris. A mess. A big mess. (laughs) And and that's something we don't think about unless you're in Walter Hill. You think about that. Uh, What are some of the things that are hoping to be done to reduce the the issues with Middle Point? So the issues regarding Middle Point just don't revolve around, you know, how much trash is coming into that landfill on a daily basis. But I think some numbers will help quantify or will help illustrate the magnitude of the problem the first is is middle point landfill receives up to about 5,000 tons of trash a day of that at least 70 percent if not more comes from outside the county so it's 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 logical to presume that if we can reduce that waste stream in other words if there's a way for us to renegotiate the host benefit agreement with Republic Services so that that is a Rutherford County only facility, then literally what we do is we reduce the waste stream that comes into that landfill by 70%. Conversely, we all reduce the traffic by 70%. And conversely, we can reduce the odor by 20, 70%, which is just nothing more than a byproduct of the volume of trash that is being dumped into the landfill. So what we've done is we've reduced the environmental hazard to our county by 70% at a minimum. What that also gives us is the leverage to now uh, compost and recycle the the 30% that originates within Rutherford County. So I know that Mayor McFarland Murfreesboro is working on some alternative methods for dealing with our waste. And I I, I am in complete agreement with the city of Murfreesboro and uh, Mayor McFarland and his efforts to do this because it's not enough that we remove the 70% of the waste that's coming in from Rutherford County from outside the county. We also have a responsibility to reduce our own waste. But if we're able to renegotiate a host benefit agreement that does that, now it gives us tremendous power and leverage to now reduce our waste stream even further so that we can go from 5,000 tons a day into that landfill to less than 1,000 tons a day in pretty short order. And that's what we need to be trying to do. Uh, short of that, um, we're just going to gonna have to presume that the landfill needs to be closed. Anything less than that is, uh, would be unacceptable in my opinion. Our phone number is 615-893-1450 if you have a question or a comment this morning. And we have a question from a listener who's saying uh, traffic is one of my biggest problems. I don't know how it stands with everyone, but I drive to Nashville every morning to go to work and the traffic is horrendous. Is there any chance that we can have some kind of usable, friendly public transportation? 
Well, unfortunately, that is a topic that is on everybody's mind that decides to live in Rutherford County and commute to Nashville to work. And the problem is only going to get worse as Rutherford County continues to be a destination place for people to live, yet they want to work in Davidson County. TDOT, the Tennessee Department of Transportation, has made it very, very clear they're, they're not going to expand or uh, add any additional lanes to I-24. And uh, Murfreesboro Road, which runs, or 41A, which runs from Murfreesboro to Nashville, makes it extremely unlikely that they can add additional lanes as well. So we literally are constrained uh, by some um, financial issues that it make it very difficult. If we were to have some uh, public mass transit, it would be likely that they would close off the HOV lanes and provide buses. So that would be bus-only traffic in these HOV lanes. Um, I'm not, as the next county mayor, I'm not particularly satisfied with the direction that TDOT has taken. Um, it seems to be more of a Band-Aid than anything else because they're instituting this smart traffic where you can divert traffic from I-24 to 41A in the event there's an accident or a closure. Um, but I can't imagine moving traffic from 24 to 41A as congested as is congested as it is. It's going to be a solution uh, that won't only get worse. So uh, there is no good answer right now. But this is something that I know that we hear a lot about, and it's certainly something that I want to take very very seriously. I just don't have a solution for it right now. Here's a listener who uh, says they live in a rural area of the community. And they have volunteer fire protection. They're proud that they have that. And they're thankful that these people volunteer. But uh, with that investment in their home being so large, they would be more comfortable if they had a paid fire department that was there 24-7. Uh, I know the county's working on that. When do you think we will actually have this? We are rapidly moving toward uh, doing exactly that. I can say that Commissioner pettis Reed. And Fire Chief Larry Farley have been the point on the spear in this effort for the last several years. We, as you already know, we have uh, let out six facilities to be built out, uh, fire facilities. Two are under construction currently in both Kittrell and in Rockvale. And we will be breaking ground on two more very, very soon. But our goal is to have six around the county so that we can have uh, rapid coverage to, I think it's going to be 94% of the county so that we can have this 24-7 protection. Uh, that has a significant financial impact on uh, homeowners in Rutherford County because it literally reduces their insurance rates. So there's some financial benefit there for fire coverage. But as important, Bart, as the fire coverage is, and I was speaking to Chief Farley about this last week, more and more calls are of, of a medical emergency type that are being responded to by uh, Rutherford County Fire EMS. And so it gets these stations closer in proximity to where they can respond to that call. Because Chief Farley said from the time, let's say it's, there's a vehicle accident, a serious vehicle accident, there literally is a 60-minute window that they've got to get to that, where they've got to get to that individual in a life-critical situation. So, And it begins, that window starts to close the moment the accident happens. So you've got to have a call made. You've got to have it dispatched. You've got to have somebody there. Then you've got to get 
through the traffic and get there. And so if you spend 15 or 20 minutes more than you should getting to that accident, you are literally putting that life in jeopardy because we literally have a 60-minute window, and it starts to close very, very rapidly based on the nature and the type of accident and the injuries involved. So it's, it's our responsibility as a community to provide that service and protection. So as much as fire protection is important, and it is, what I think is, even, is critical is when we start talking about lives. Now, when you look at the location of these new stations that are being built right now, are they being located where once they're all completed, we will have pretty good coverage for the whole yeah, county? Yeah, we will have 94% coverage. Now, is each location perfect and ideal based on the maximum amount of coverage? No, but remember, we're also constrained by financial factors. We're constrained by, you know, what's available in the form of city sewer. It's got to have city sewer. So we're, we have, there are some constraints. We just can't put one anywhere we want to. We've got to put one where it's, where the location is available and at most suitable based on those criteria. But we will get 94. I think uh, it's 94% coverage. And are you also within thinking, within a particular time frame? I might add. So we're gonna ha- we're gonna cover the whole county, right. but ninety four percent coverage. I think within a seven hour uh, dispatch or seven minute dispatch. Excuse me. Now within that area, will those facilities also be where the uh, the waste disposal services are? The uh, I hear there's there's going to be the opportunity for recycling at those locations the, these these uh, fire ems stations will not be uh convenience centers it's a different issue. so totally different yeah, totally okay different. uh we somehow had uh, that the word got mixed up yeah, on the a, way that's, out. Okay. So, that's okay that's okay uh, it, so they're it's, it's easily it's easy to misunderstand some of what's going on so yeah totally we separate. have i believe 14 convenience centers throughout the county we're talking about six uh fire ems centers Okay, and the being con- built, the missing. convenience centers would not serve as uh, geographic locations suitable for these fire stations. Yeah. Well, we're talking about different times of traffic, so in my mind, they would not. I don't want uh, a, dis- a, di- a, f- a fire EMS to be dispatched out of a convenience center when you've got traffic issues with people trying to unload their trash. I think that is a formula that for congestion and low response times that we don't want to deal with. Now, with the training of these firefighters uh, and going to emergency uh, accidents and things of that sort, do they also get paramedic training? Oh, absolutely. We have, uh, and, and I'm just really, really proud of Chief Farley and his staff. I mean, he has an absolutely phenomenal staff. And, 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 as, and real quickie, an aside here, if I may, Bart. So in the last two weeks, I have met and spoke with most, if not all, the directors uh, that report directly to the mayor's office. And there are like 18 different departments, something like that. And I can tell you, Rutherford County has reason to be extremely proud of the leadership that it has at the director level position and the leadership and management style these people have. I mean, these these individuals, whether it's first responders or whether it's, uh, it doesn't matter what it is, these people are committed to serving Rutherford County and making sure that their departments serve them in the most economically means possible. So I'm just real proud. So, but to your point, yes, they... This is something that we're constantly, constantly addressing. 
Our phone number is 615-893-1450. Rutherford County's new county mayor, Joe Carr. Uh, He will officially be the county mayor tomorrow. He was sworn in last night. We're going to continue the conversation. If you have a question, text it to us, 615-893-1450. We'll be right back. This is Rutherford County's Blue Raider Station, FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, WGNS, Murfreesboro. By growing up in the restaurant business and being always around it, it was just something that was just second nature to me. I didn't realize the amount of work that was involved in it. I I didn't understand and appreciate all that my parents sacrificed in order to provide for us. And now I'm very thankful and and I'm very appreciative of the foundation that they laid for me so we could teach others to create what they have done to make it more of a legacy than just a passing of the torch. This is Peter Demas inviting you to enjoy a meal with our family at Demas' Restaurant. Hi, this is Dan Mitchell at Music World and Drummer's Den, Murfreesboro, Tennessee. We have an excellent sound room with good acoustics. If you want to try out any guitar in the store, you've got a perfect place to listen to it. Compare them side by side. See how the neck feels to your hand, which is important to a guitar player. We have keyboards to play, a room in the back for drums to give a run-through with cymbals, snares, whole sets. Come in Music World and Drummer's Den and try out before you buy it. Music World and Drummer's Den... What were you doing 25 years ago? Jenny May and Dr. Carl Adams dreamed of a beautiful tree-filled campus for senior citizens. On Friday, September 16th, that dream celebrates 25 years. Come to Adams Place and enjoy games for kids and adults, entertainment and food trucks. It's free. Friday, September 16th at Adams Place. 1927 Memorial Boulevard, across from Walmart. Good morning. There's still some traffic volume here on 24 westbound up through the Hickory Hollow area towards Nashville. At least it's moving. Plenty of radar out here, mostly over what we've seen so far is in Williamson County as you travel down 840 before you get to I-65. Hey, with the huge demand for dental assistance, Dental Staff School can help you get a job as a dental assistant. Google Dental Staff School. I'm Commander Chuck, your on-time traffic. We'll see mostly sunny skies here this afternoon, a high of 90 degrees, north winds at 5 to 10 miles per hour. Tonight, mostly clear, low near 60. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 63. Hi, this is Gator with Tire World Off Road. We're your local rough country dealer. So when you're ready to add some character to your rig, ask for Gator at Tire World Off Road on Memorial Boulevard. This is Sean Brown at Tire World on Broad Street, online at tireworld.us. Get your good neighbor events to us in writing two weeks before they occur. We'll put them on the radio and the internet. WGNS, AM, FM, and online. Hey, welcome back. Our phone number is 615-893-1450. You can talk or text whichever you prefer. The new Rutherford County Mayor, Joe Carr, is our guest this morning. He was sworn in yesterday and will take office officially tomorrow the 1st of September. Man, just let you know how time is flying. I tell you, it has. Already the 1st of September. Let's talk about your leadership style and uh, how that's going to impact what you do and how you work with uh, the folks at the County Commission. Well, that is uh, always the most challenging part of any new leader coming into an organization. And I have learned uh, 
this isn't my first rodeo. And so uh, I've had a number of people tell me, well, you're going to be drinking from a fire hose. And that is absolutely the case. But I have to tell you, I, I have a rather um, interesting uh, appreciation from drinking from a fire hose. I've done it before, so I know you, you, have, to, you have to breathe. <laughs> That's important. And, and don't worry about not swallowing at all, right? Um, when I was, I first learned how to do this when I started an engine earring company in 1990 with my brother. It grew very, very rapidly. As a matter of fact, in three years, uh, it became a multi-million dollar uh, business. And then five, I brought my brother out two years subsequent to that. But we had, we were the, the sixth largest engineering company of its type in the Southeast with offices all across the country. And so it was a large organization uh, for the type of work that we did, mechanical engineering for tooling and product design. And I learned so much about what it means to be a leader during those years. Cause I was young, I was in my thirties um, and late thirties. And I, I learned what I learned Bart that has stuck with me to this day is the things that I, the things that I learned, I learned about myself. And what I've learned about myself is that I like to delegate. In other words, I like to have people who n know their job, know what to do, and know how to get those results and are results driven. And what I really enjoy doing is providing them the tools and the resources to do their job. As a matter of fact, as I visited all the directors these past two weeks, you know, I was sharing with them. I said, you know, as far as you're concerned, I only have one job as the county mayor. And they, I got all these interesting, inquisitive looks, and I said, my only job as the county mayor, as far as you're concerned, as the director that reports to the county mayor, is for me to supply you all the resources and tools you need to succeed, then to get out of your way. It's, that's my job. My job isn't to do your job. My job's not even to manage you. My job is not to oversee you. My job is to give you the tools and the resources so you succeed can succeed now the extent that you don't do that or accomplish that then i'm going to get involved in either managing your success or managing you into a place where you can succeed right and so i found i found that a lot of people found that quite liberating because it puts on their shoulders squarely the opportunity to succeed or fail without me having to micromanage them now again and i understand that there are different management styles and it's not to impugn the integrity of those people who have a different management style but i just i think it's important to give people the tools to succeed or fail based on their ethic their their abilities and their willingness to apply themselves and so uh that's been very well received so that that's how i'm going to be the manager or ceo of this county uh, as it relates to the directors and my relationship then conversely with the county commission is one as a co-equal branch of government. There are three branches of government. Everybody knows this, legislature, executive, and judicial. So we're a co-equal branch of government, and it's incumbent on us to work together. That doesn't mean we agree, but, that it, does, but it does mean and require us to work together. Because I, I think uh, with the 21 members of the county commission being sworn in last night, there's one thing that I absolutely know to be correct and that is we're all climbing up the same mountain we may have a different path up that mountain but we're climbing the same mountain to 
take Rutherford County from good to great, and we cannot ever, ever forget that. Do you have much time in between the final election day that has happened where you were declared the winner and when you take office? Do you have much time to to work with the different parts of the government to to make it start off as a team? So I got up this morning at 3.50, which is pretty typical now, and I go to bed pretty late, which is very typical now, Uh, but I I love it. Uh, I wake up without an alarm clock. Uh, I used to set my alarm at 5.30. I don't even set my alarm anymore. Um, I can just tell you I look forward to getting up every day and solving problems. I just, I love, love solving problems. I'm a very, very analytical person. And I think that the way God has created me suits me for solving problems because I like solving problems in a very, very collaborative way. I love to and I, and I have to be careful with this wording, but I love to argue and debate, not in an adversarial way, but, but when I come up with an idea or a solution to a problem, I love for people to push back on me and try to poke holes in it because that's how that, it's a refining process, if that makes any sense. That's how you take a good idea and you get it to be a great idea is when you get people to contribute and collaborate with you. And you get when you get that kind of investment, it can be real exciting. So I will just say this. I'm, I'm trying to encourage the directors and the county commission. When I engage you, what I'm doing is, is I'm asking you to reciprocate and engage me back because the beneficiary will be the county. Now, let's look at the county commission and see some of the teams that are coming together mm-hmm. there yeah. uh, from the members of the county commission. Uh, tell us some of the things you want to see in the future as far as committees and as far as people working toward certain goals. So I really don't have any ideas in that regard. Uh, the, my ideas with regard to the county commission and what committees and my role in those committees in that process is not going to be much different or if any different than my predecessor. Uh, it's a lot like my, my relationship and role with the directors. My management style is different, but excuse me, I've told all the directors, I said, what I want to do is if you have a weekly meeting with Mayor Ketron, let me give you an example. Uh, Brian Gaither, Larry Farley, and uh, and uh, uh, Chris Clark have a weekly meeting with the county mayor in his office. So I, I met with them and I said, is this, is this a value? Do you, is this something you think is necessary? And they all three said, yeah, we, we think there's some value here. I said, good, we're going to keep it. I said, what is that time of that meeting? And they told me, I said, same time, same place. We're not changing the meeting. The only thing we're changing about that meeting is who the county mayor is. We're not going to change anything else. So, and that's, I think that's illustrative of what my leadership style is, is as I come into this role of county mayor, I'm the new guy, right? They're, they've already been here. And to be quite honest, Bart, things have run pretty well, right, prior to my being here. So the worst thing I can do on my arrival is start making all these changes. It's incumbent as me, as the leader, as the mayor, to figure out how they're doing things, and I'll adapt to them, I'll get to understand what they do, why they do it, and then after several months, then I'll step back and say, you know what, I think we can kind of tweak this a little bit. I think we can do a little better if we go in this direction, but I'll have that conversation with not just the directors, but also the commission. So right now, I'm not coming in to make any suggestions or changes. My first priority is to uh, adapt to what the way they're doing it, and so I can make those assessments properly. We have a text here from a listener who said it was about two mayors back 
with Mayor Burgess. He brought in what was called a deputy mayor, and uh, Mayor Ketron had one also. Yes. Do you plan on having one? I do. Uh, we have changed the title of that to chief of staff. The reason being the deputy, it was, a, it was titled deputy to the mayor, not a deputy mayor. And that was creating some confusion because a lot of people thought that was the equivalent of a vice mayor in the line of succession. And so it, it was not. It, the deputy to the mayor or deputy mayor is nothing more than a senior advisor to the mayor. And so I want to change the nomenclature a little bit to more reflect what the position is. So we'll change it to chief of staff or chief of operations or something like that. But yes, I will have a I will have a deputy to the mayor. Do you have one in mind and have you spoken with them? I I do not and I have not and what we will do uh, once we review the requirements for the position that I believe are necessary for the fulfillment of those duties, we will post that and so any qualified applicant is more than willing to apply, but I do not have somebody in mind to fill that position. Okay, what type of work would they be doing? What does that person do? What does the deputy mayor do? They they perform a number of functions, both administrative and um, and and they in many respects they represent the mayor's interest at functions that they can attend. So in in many ways they are uh, they they assist the mayor in his duties and regardless of what they might be, whether in the community, whether in relationship to the commission, relationship to the directors, these kind of things. I, I can just tell you with 18 directors, 21 commission members, uh, population of 362,000 people and growing, uh, the deputy to the mayor will be a very busy, very busy person. We have another text. This one's from a person who uh, has visited the museum at the courthouse uh, several times, and they've enjoyed it. They're wondering, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, are you hoping to improve it, make any changes? Just share your thoughts. I have. I've, I had an opportunity to meet with Greg Tucker and Commissioner Pettis Reed and uh, my good friend Marty Luffman on this, and I... Quite honestly, this is one of those things that they are very passionate and knowledgeable about. And I will tell you, I'm going to I'm going to trust their vision on this. I think it's something that we need to continue to improve and leverage on. And because the history of Rutherford County needs to be told and we need a place to visit so that we can be reminded of our history, because whether our history is good, bad or indifferent, it's it's important that we learn from it. And if we. If we're not going to learn from it unless we have a place to go and visit that history. And the courthouse is a splendid, splendid place to visit that history. So I absolutely fully embrace what Mr. Tucker, Commissioner Reed, and Mr. Luffman have done, and others, not just them, but others have done in this regard. So um, I think it's, I, I, they have my full support. Here's another text. This is a, a good positive one, and I'll share this with you. It says, uh, <laughs> we know that you'll be a good mayor. Uh, one that Rutherford County will be proud. You helped me when I needed you. I know that you're there for all of Rutherford County. I won't give the last name, but it's from Sean and Sleepy. If that <laughs> well, that's a kind of a giveaway. So somebody asked me, and I, this is really, thank you, Sean, for sharing that. But this is what, this is kind of, this is what I hope I can do, Bart. At, at the end of three or four years, I just want to be a good mayor. And I had somebody ask me, well, what's, what is a good mayor? And I said, a good mayor is a guy who, who can maybe accomplish two things. Number one, after three or four years, people go, who's our county mayor? 
that would be all right with me. And the second thing is, is that I'm able to keep my name and picture off the front page of the local paper. <laughs> if I can do, if I can do that, I don't know how successful I'll be, but it's really my, because as leader of this county, as the mayor of this county, it's my goal to empower with the resources and the tools the people who really do the heavy lifting. The mayor doesn't do the heavy lifting. It's the directors and the people that report to them that do the heavy lifting. My goal is to give them the credit they deserve so that we can move this county forward. And so in this regard, uh, less is more. And I guess this uh, next question from a listener sort of fits in that direction. What will you do with the plan for a recycling center uh, that Mayor Ketron was looking at starting? Recycling center. Oh, um, we are, that is under review. The problem that I have with the recycling center that they were talking about out on Stinger Road is several fold. Number one, it's location. Number two, the uh, agreement or the MOU, Memorandum of Understanding, uh, allows Pratt to bring in outside recyclable waste into the county. And I'm opposed to that, or that certainly needs to be looked at. So that MOU, that Memorandum of Understanding, is under review. Another question here. Do you plan to be the chair of the county commission, or will a chairman be selected from the commissioners? So that's an interesting question, and the timing of it is rather interesting. Um, Explain that. <laughs> I think that's sort of an are we, are we, thing. Is, is, it time, is it time for a commercial break, Bart? <laughs> <laughs> so I get the reason, one of the reasons I have been struggling with this a little bit. This, this is going to take a minute because I need to tell the whole sure, story. Sure, sure. Okay, this, so this is going to take a minute. So I've always believed in the separation of powers. I had referenced that earlier in our conversation. And I've always thought that the mayor presiding over the county commission kind of commingled that separation of powers a little bit. I didn't understand why the executive branch uh, was presiding in the, over the county commission meeting over the legislative branch. I just, I never understood that. I, I, after talking to some commissioners, I have a better understanding and appreciation for that now. But I still believe in the dream and the ideal that the founding fathers put together that we have three branches of government. They're separate and equal. And so there's a lack of separateness there if the mayor presides over the county commission. Now, I respect the county commission members that deal with, disagree with that. I understand the nature of their disagreement. I really do. But I, during the campaign, I strong, strongly believed, that and believed in that and spoke, and spoke to that. So a couple of weeks ago, there were some circumstances, and I won't go in any great detail, that gave me great concern about the direction we were proceeding, the county commission was proceeding, with regard to electing a county commissioner to preside over the county commission. Specifically, I was concerned about some of the trappings of that position, that newly created position, chairman of the commission by a commissioner, with regard to Tennessee Sunshine Law. And I made that very, very clear. And so as a result of that, I decided to chair or ask, seek the nomination to chair the county commission meetings for the purpose of putting together a process in the next year by which we could then have that process 
transfer that authority presiding over the meetings from the county mayor to the to a county commissioner well in an effort to unite the county commission in the mayor's office i inadvertently believe i think it may have made matters worse and created more division which was absolutely the furthest thing from my mind and it's not what i wanted to do so as a result of a correspondence that i received and also after a tremendous amount of prayer and thought i sent a email out to the 21 commissioners this morning a rather lengthy email but i sent an email out to the 21 commissioners this morning saying i still believe in the separation of power i believe some of my concerns with regard to this new position and how it potentially could uh, create problems with tennessee sunshine law allowed me to now step away from seeking this position so I will not be seeking the position of chairman of the county commission um, that I'd recently stated that I would. Having said that, it's important that the listeners know something and the county commission know this as well. From time to time, I will get a new set of facts or I'll have a better understanding of the current facts that require me to change, make a course correction. That course correction will require that I change my mind. It's incumbent on us as leaders that when we get new facts or we get a better understanding of the facts that we not so stubbornly hold to our position that we cannot change our mind when, the, when a better course of action is preferred to the benefit of the county. That's what I hope I've done by changing my mind by saying I will not seek uh, the nomination for county uh, commissioner chairman. So in that position, you will not be presiding over the county commission meetings. That's correct. And that's all I will not be doing. I will still be going all to all the committee meetings. I will still be attending the county commission because the, the mayor is the conduit from the directors to the county commission committees and to the county commission directly. So if the committees and the commission have a question or the commissioners have a question about a particular operation in fire, EMS, or budget, or human resources, or codes, whatever, building and uh, permits, then that question can be directed to the mayor who has been briefed by the director with regard to that particular issue. So it doesn't change the requirement and the necessity for the county mayor to attend county commission meetings and the committee meetings, um, but it just removes me as the county mayor of having to preside over the county commission meeting, which is really, uh, it's not a position, it's a role. There's really no authority there. The county commission chairman is nothing more than a traffic cop. And if you look at how the Speaker of the House does it in Nashville or how the Lieutenant Governor does it in Nashville, they don't go to committee meetings. They don't have all this other process. They don't have all these trappings with regard to the process. Um, and so if, if we were to mimic that, I think we could uh, have our cake and eat it too. And we don't, what I mean by that is, is we could have a county commissioner preside over the meeting, yet not run, get, run afoul of the Tennessee Sunshine Law, which is a significant issue for us. So you would not have a vote in the issues that they're discussing? No, I would not. And the, but the mayor, as county commission chairman, doesn't have a vote anyway. So that would not change. The only thing that substantially changes, and I don't see this happening very often, if at ever at all, is that the mayor has a veto um, over the county commission when the, on a past resolution. He has a potential veto. I don't expect to be exercising that. Our phone number is 615-893-1450. 
We'll return in just a moment. Brotherhood Issues with Brian Barrett. Hitting right at what matters most to all of us here in the heart of Tennessee. Weekday mornings at 10 on WGNS, AM, FM, and online. If you're looking for an authentic relationship with financial experts who genuinely care about your unique needs, Capstar Bank is for you. Capstar Bank is dedicated to the people of this community. Capstar Bank wants to help you reach your financial goals. Because at Capstar Bank, you matter to us. Capstar Bank, 2230 Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. CapstarBank.com. Member FDIC. Equal housing lender. Man, I slept. New ZQuil Pure Z's Restorative Herbal Sleep is made for people who are tired of being tired. I've never slept like this before. I've never woken up like this before. A melatonin-free sleep aid made with a botanical blend that contains clinically studied and effective valerian root, hops, and passionflower, shown to help promote better restorative sleep. ZQuil Pure Z's Restorative Herbal Sleep. Sleep this good, feel this good. Available at retailers near you. The Labor Day event from Dell Technologies is here. End the summer strong by starting up a new season of productivity. Your business upgrade begins with up to 48% off top-rated laptops, like Vostro, taking performance to the next level with 12th Gen Intel Core processors. It's time to push your growing business even further. What's next for you? Upgrade today by calling 877-ASK-DELL. That's 877-ASK-DELL. This is Chip Walters, and I'll have Middle Tennessee football and basketball games for you right here. MTSU Sports on WGNS AM, FM, online. We're getting to know the feelings of our new Rutherford County Mayor, Joe Carr. And we only have about uh, about four minutes left in the program. And before we leave, we, uh, we want to be sure and take advantage of every second that we have. Uh, you go into office officially tomorrow. Uh, does that mean you start off in the morning in the office, or what? what's your day going so, to be like? So, again, that goes back to my style. I've told the directors, normally uh, the mayor has the directors come to his office. Uh, I have a really nice office, but I'm not an office guy. I, I like to be out, uh, and I like to meet uh, the directors and the people where they're at. Um, so, you know, if people want to pop in the office, they're certainly more than welcome. But the chances are greater than not that I won't be there just because that's not where I do my best work. And so um, I don't know where I'm going to be tomorrow morning. I haven't looked at my schedule, but I have a great, great staff uh, there at the courthouse. Uh, I, I don't handle my schedule. If you want to get on my schedule, you have to call Rachel Ahew. I do not do my schedule. Literally, I do not. As a matter of fact, I instructed Rachel to put lunch with my wife two days a week on there because nobody touches my schedule now except for Rachel Lahue, and she like I, she's phenomenal. She's absolutely phenomenal. So I'm blessed. So uh, make an appointment before people drop Please. up there. I, 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 the chances are I won't be there. I'll be out and about in the county. Absolutely. Now, how open will you be if, if somebody listening has an issue or concern and they think they have the answer and they want to share it with you? How open are you for that? I'm very open. I, as a matter of fact, I love that. That's that collaborative style that I believe works best for me. Uh, just if you bring an idea, come prepared to discuss it, debate it, and maybe engage in a little bit of argument because I think that's how we get better. Um, and if you have a if you have a problem you want to bring to me, just realize that 
I'm not going to be able to solve your problem necessarily, but I will direct you to the appropriate department or agency to assist you in that. And so, again, that's that collaborative style. I'm not, I'm very hands-on, but I am not going to micromanage these solutions going forward. And are there some other issues that you really, we have about a minute, uh, so let's not get into a long narration, but are there some additional issues that you're wanting to get under control? Well, no, I think the three that we talked about, Bart, are the three that will keep us busy for a while. Are, does that mean that we have other things that we will have to address from time to time as I become acclimated and educated as to the needs of this county? Absolutely. So we have our, our top three, which is unrestrained growth, the landfill, and how do we educate our children? And those are going to keep us busy for the big picture, but the, just the day-to-day activity and operations of the county are significant that any mayor could find himself working eight to ten hours a day without having to address the big issues that I referred to earlier. Well, we've done this for uh, 20 or so years, had the county mayor on on the last Wednesday of each month, and uh, we talked on the phone. You agreed to continue Absolutely. that. Absolutely. So next month, let's look at the, uh, the success of the first month. A- absolutely. And hopefully we have not taken uh, too many steps backward. Right, Bart? Well, I, <laughs> let's hope not. Well, the learning, pro- the learning process is two steps forward, one step back, right? Okay. It just that's, is. That's, it just is. Yeah. And so I, I, I covet the listeners' prayers. And if you have a question or a comment, please engage us. That's what this program's about as the Good Neighbor Station. I want to be a good neighbor. Rutherford County Mayor Joe Carr, first day in office is tomorrow. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Bart. Have a wonderful day. You too.